first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Hello and welcome back to another installment of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colton Molesky, and I am joined by Corey DLG, my co-host, and of course, producer Nico as well. And we are going to get ready for week five, coming up rapidly approaching. We are racing through this season, fellas. But first, we're going to take some stock of some Texans news, as well as try and find the first Houston Texans win. When will that be? We're going to scour the schedule for that win. But first, fellas, how are we doing? We're doing all right over here. I'm doing good. Great introduction as always, Colton. Um, I, I kind of prepped the listeners yesterday. You're going to be taking the week off starting tomorrow. Uh, you want to tell everybody where you're going, what you're doing? I, I thought I thought you said in search of Atlantis in the email the other day. Uh <laughs> Well, we postponed that one. There's uh, there's trouble with the submarine ah, on mm, that one, so we're postponing mm. that one, unfortunately. I uh, know the uh, the missus and I were taking a little bit of a hiatus to Italy. We're going to be jumping around, going to Rome, going to Pompeii, Naples. So we're going to have a lot of fun, eat a ton of pasta, drink a lot of wine, and just get some R&R. It's been a, a minute since we've had a vacation, and it'll be good to get away a little bit. All right, there you go. The, the Mediterranean, I think, is the last ocean uh, left that I will uh, eat shrimp out of. <laughs> I'll try and bring you some back then. How's that sound? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I need you to do that. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm okay. I'll just try and get it through uh, customs. I'm sure if, they'll if, understand when I explain it to them. I swear to God, if you put shrimp on an airplane that crosses an ocean, I hope they throw you out of it. <laughs> We'll see how it goes. It can only go well. I'm sure of it. It can only go well. Yeah, no. Exactly. No problems there. Exactly. I would like to bring back some some wine in all seriousness. I know you, that it's a whole customs thing, but as long as I declare it properly, I would love to bring back some wine. Some vino. It's it's called vino in Italy. You've got to work Whatever on Whatever it man. is. You're going to wind up ordering the wrong thing. Too. Yeah. Not a huge wine guy. I haven't been to the LeBron just, just James. Just make sure you order vino uh, and not of, wine. Of wine and, and vineyards, but I'd like to learn. <laughs> Does he have a school? Is that I'm an assuming thing? that's one of the courses at his school in Akron. He's such a big wine guy. It has to be. It has, it has to be a. He he is a big wine guy. A couple credits worth, I think. Him and uh, apparently Drake is also a big wine guy. I feel like that's just a really, um, it's a rich guy hobby. That's how you really get into it, because the wine is really yeah, good. The it, level of wine they're, they're drinking is not the, the level, of, it's not the house cab that I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard that both of them are doing okay uh, income-wise these days, so they're probably enjoying some wines. Yeah, they're probably okay. <laughs> Man. 
Man, wouldn't you like to get the LeBron James? Yeah, wouldn't you like to get the LeBron James paste up just one time oh, on be, accident? That'd be. I don't know if my heart would recover. Actually, I think I. I think I just. I think I would just pass out. Speaking of travel, though, I do want to say because I want to make my picks since I'll be gone this Friday. I want to make my picks at the very end of this show, and I was going over. I promised you that I'd have my results and this last weekend because we've been making picks on every texans game uh over and under in the spread this last weekend rocketed me back into into the standings i was lagging i was dogging we had a rough start to the year i started out one three and one over the course of the first few weeks of the season but now i'm three uh i'm three or excuse me i was one four and one and now i'm three four and one with two wins last weekend it's not over yet, folks. It's not over yet. And get ready. I will have picks at the end of this wow. episode. Three, three, four, one. You are what we like to call lead pipe Colton. That is some locked in gambling. Uh, by all means, keep chasing even, though. That's going to work out great for you as a gambler. I look forward to your kneecaps meeting the baseball bat there. That's hey, going to be some of the best. Some of the best sports bettors just try for 55%. Because you know what? Yeah. The real pros. No, you're right. The real pros, Corey. You're right. We they, know they only that win... it's over the course of a season, not a week that we're trying to make money. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that makes my eight and four seem really silly. Then that's uh, that must that must be for the children over there. I smell <laughs> a bottom out very soon. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> that's what I. Uh, that's what I smell. So we'll have picks later as well as what I wanted to say. Before we get to all that, though. Corey, let's get to some Texans news. Something that surprised me, Farrell Brown getting cut by the Texans this week. What was your reaction to, to seeing that come across the wire? It wasn't a surprise in the sense that they're not calling his name, so and they're not using him, so he's got to go. They don't have The thing about the NFL roster is there's only enough room for the people you're using. You don't get to hide guys. They're either injured or they're playing. That's kind of the... You only dress forty six, so I mean you've got to you've got to contribute to stay on the roster. Um, but the flip side of that is it is a surprise to see them dropping a tight end, considering how many at the start of the year were banged up. But I guess that means we're getting healthier. It might also just mean that finally they're happy with OJ Howard and they're like, all right, well this guy's getting most of the reps. So later, yeah, is Pharaoh. This, is this that's good a, that's a good OJ name though. Howard, or does this mean that uh, Brevin Jordan is getting healthier because he's missed? Uh, he's missed some significant time already this season, but does that? Do you think that signals him getting healthier, or is this just? Well, I think we found what we needed in OJ Howard. Uh, so after the Chargers game, OJ Howard, I believe, has now been targeted. I I think just for three times for three catches, two touchdowns, and one twenty-five yard great catch across the middle of the field. So at this point, they've got enough evidence to say OJ Brown's gonna or. Uh, O.J. Howard's going to catch everything thrown his way, and they don't need to have any other tight ends on the roster, and they can just simply just let him rip like a lawnmower and eat it up. Uh, I I do think I think in all practicality, because he's he's able to get on the field and be in the right place at the right time, he is a little bit better at making plays than the rest of his tight ends. He's probably elevated himself to tight end one. And again, you're not going to keep a bunch of extra people around on this roster. So once OJ Howard established himself as tight end one, what do you do with Farrell Brown? 
you either keep them on the team or you don't. Now, they shuffled some other ship, some other chairs on the uh, first deck of the Titanic, and there's a practice squad spot open. I suspect when nobody picks up the tight end, the backup tight end from the worst roster in football, that we're going to put Pharaoh Brown on the practice squad. That's, I mean, that's a, a pretty fair, you're, I don't think you're going out on a necessarily shaky limb. I feel like that's a pretty sturdy one that you're venturing out on. I also thought, yeah. just talking about the tight end position, I thought it was interesting in that game against uh, the Chargers, their best running performance, I would say, uh, definitely the best Damian Pierce, Pierce performance. Uh, you saw them, the per snap percentage OJ Howard led the way for tight ends at 75% of the snaps, but you had one, two, three tight ends with, uh, with at least 30% or more of the snap percentage played. And you only had uh, three wide receivers hitting the over 30% of the snaps played. I'm, I'm just wondering, are they just trying to maybe thin the herd a little bit? make sure they have exactly who they need to as far as tight end because not necessarily for catching the ball, but maybe blocking and adding protection for Davis Mills. Are they just shuffling the deck a little bit, figuring out who exactly needs to be in there for, uh, hey, we need to help the protection a little bit because we're playing a lot of tight ends on these snaps and, and helping out with protection. We need to make sure all of our ducks are in a row because this is about pass protection almost as much as it's about pass catching. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, uh, there was an injury. There was a moment where they thought Titus Howard was going to have to come out of the game. And the broadcasters said that there, that the backup outside tackle wasn't available. That we didn't dress uh, a Titus Howard backup. So what that tells me is we are currently shuffling the number of big men we're using, trying to find the right amount uh, with... Questenberry back in the lineup. I think maybe they kept the backup center, and it sounds like maybe they were keeping both backup guards. And you dress somewhere between eight and nine, so maybe the other guy was a left tackle, whoever it was that they were dressing for the Chargers game. But that also means you're gonna put out you're gonna put out a lot of tight ends just because we haven't done a good job of keeping Davis Mills upright. We haven't done a good job right now. His the length of time that he could hold the ball is about two. 2.3 or 2.7 somewhere in that range and so that means that we're you know we need to make sure we give them as much time as possible davis mills best throws are down the field so if we're trying to play to his strengths we need to give him more time to throw which means we need to be blocking better and if we can't block better that means we need to use more bodies to block which means more tight ends on the field it all the, makes no, yeah, that, go ahead. That all makes sense. That all makes sense, and it's probably why you're seeing those those snap percentages uh, the way they are. Uh, well, just... and the other thing though is you don't we don't we don't have five tight we don't have five wide receivers we like. So putting out three is is probably the max we're going to do this season. Even when we start going to even at times when we need to and we need to go to spread formations, we're probably going to put Burkhead out as our fifth receiver and OJ Howard out as our fourth. You know, we're not going to go five wide and put out 
I don't even know who we're supposed to be trotting out there as our fifth receiver at this point. Like we're not going to send out like these a guys. Philip Dorsett, Tyler Johnson out there with guys. Yeah. No, I mean it, it is interesting though because it does put guys like a, a maybe a, a Brevin Jordan in more of an interesting position because they can't go out there and just be a red zone threat. They have to show yeah. that the 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 stuff that they're talking about in the off season about being a blocking and well-rounded tight end that that stuff was for real because that's the stuff they really need from that position group right now not so much uh the the pass catching even though that would be nice they really do need well-rounded tight ends uh to help with pass protection well and and i do think they want some playmaking out of the uh, tight end group but i think that's why they went and got oj howard i think that's why they picked him up off of waivers because i don't think I don't think any of these guys are built like OJ Howard. I'm going to use these examples. I don't really mean these examples though, but in like a Jimmy Graham, Tony Gonzalez type role where yes, they are supposed to block, but also the ability to get up filled quickly if need be is what's important from that particular guy. That's OJ Howard. The rest of them are there to block. The rest of them are there to be fullback slash tight end slash slide tackle slash, you know, when we do those power runs to the outside and we want movement coming out of the backfield or movement coming from the opposite side of the line, it'll be a tight end because we don't have enough tackles that can run around. I absolutely 100% agree. Uh, and that's that's the news from the Houston Texans front. We're going to get into finding the first win. Is it on the, the the schedule for the Texans? Is it on the schedule in the near future? We'll talk about all that. But first, Corey, let's hear from some sponsors. All right, guys, let me tell you, it's never a good idea to drink and drive. But what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs, someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has spent hundreds of hours in accredited courses learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297, or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. Uh, let me also let me also tell you guys. Sorry, Colton. I'm sorry. I apologize. But let me also tell you guys about the latest party to hit the Houston scene: custom geek parties. Everything from corporate team building exercises, geek themed weddings, RPG parties, board game parties, cosplay parties, and more. Call Gamers Inner Circle at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle, are you in yet? So the Houston Texans, they're sitting right at 0-3-1. Been a tough stretch to the beginning of the year, and it's looking like this team is probably one of the, the two or three worst teams in the National Football League. My question for you, Corey, Nico. When is the first win coming? When is the first win coming on this schedule? And its I don't think it's going to be soon. It's a pretty rough stretch over the next few games. 
I have a couple of options that I'd like to throw out there. You're more than welcome to throw out your own your alternative options. But I have a couple of teams that the this is where I can see them getting wins. So my first draft pick is the New York Giants, November 13th. Second, the Washington Commanders, November 20th, back-to-back games. Finally, I have the Indianapolis Colts, January 8th. I think those are the three games they can win. Do you have any, before we tackle those, do you have any additions? I like our chances in the January 8th game as long as they don't schedule it. Um, As of right now, it's to be determined the date and time and what channel it's going to be on. And until they schedule it, I think we might be able to win it. But um, if they're going to make us actually play that game, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm curious. Um, take the forfeit. Take the forfeit. Yeah, we'll the let them quit first, and then we'll follow up. Uh, so that Browns game is going to be an emotional and important game. You know, uh, that Cowboys game is one we don't want to. The city of Houston will probably forgive a lot if they can win that Cowboys game. And the end of the year, it's it'll be interesting to see what the Titans and Jacksonville are both playing for. If they're not playing for playoff spots, those are games that we can we typically are competitive in. So good, bad, or ugly, I, I don't hate our chances in those games. Unless one of those two is like playing for division lead or something. Here's the thing though, is I think both of the I, I think that you could probably win the division on nine games this year. And so I think both of those teams will probably be in a position because it's not the last game of the season, right? For either one of those, that's the last two. The it's the, the last three, the, exactly. The last two weeks before yeah. you hit week seven or week eighteen, I should say, before you hit week eighteen, those are the last two weeks leading up to the final week. So if you're the Titans, you could take if you take that game, you could put together a run and maybe take the division. Or if you're the Jaguars. Winning the last two, maybe that's enough to put you over the edge. I just think that those those will actually be must-win games, you know, for those teams. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If we come into those games and one of those two teams has run away with it, let's say Jacksonville has 10, 11 wins and Tennessee has seven, then I don't then I don't know that Tennessee is going to put up anything special. Yeah, and that's when I that's what I feel like too. Like if we get if we get to those last three games. And one of the three teams has just run away with the division, then the other team is going to lay down for us, or at least let us play competitive with them. Now, if they both need the wins, then it's going to come down to like you know things like coaching and skill. Uh, and <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I love our chances. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's going to be tough if they actually need those games, which is why I like that Colts game for them. I think that's going to be kind of a throwaway game. I expect that game to be very, very strange, a very strange game for sure. I think they, they end up winning that game in odd fashion. I think there's going to be some fluky stuff that happens in that game. You're probably seeing a, a few backups in several positions, and so I think that is one where the, the Colts, the Chiefs win – not throwing me off their scent at all, and now you have uh, an injury for Jonathan Taylor. I think that they're entering that game with not really that many more wins than the Texans, and that one's probably a throwaway game for them, just like it is for Houston. It's it's a possible. It really is a possibility. It might be Matt Ryan's last game. He might not even be starting anymore at that point. 
It's tough to say. It's tough to say. Um, I, I like our chances in that game just because they're also playing bad enough. Like, they haven't shown anything since that tie that makes me feel like, oh, we couldn't beat them if we played them again. So, let's get into this two because, well, actually, before we get into the two-game stretch that I think they could win, uh, the the Cowboys and the Browns. I I understand the Houston Texans Dallas Cowboys rivalry. Uh, I I is it crazy for me to say that it depends on who's starting at quarterback for the Cowboys? If it's Cooper Rush, that's a loss. You, so are you on the boat that Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott? I I am going with the Ewing theory. Man, I don't know how I feel about that. I think. I don't think either one of them is that great. I think Cooper Rush has played well for them in these couple games. I think if they rush Prescott back, and all indications are they seem to be intent on doing that. Originally, this was supposed to be he was going to miss six or seven games. And now they're talking about they've taken the stitches out, and they think he can play this week. If that's the case, by then he's either healthy or out again. If he's out again... I, I don't know. I think Cooper Rush over time does get exposed. I think the thing is, is Cooper Rush is slightly different enough from Dak Prescott in how they play on the field that teams aren't quite ready to play Cooper Rush. He's only played, he's only had four, this was his fourth start last week in the entire NFL career. So for me, that's just barely enough game film for teams to really start breaking down his decision making and what he's doing in different situations and starting to diagnose his problem-solving abilities and what he's going to do when you put the hammer to him. And that's what teams want to know is, what are you going to do when I challenge you, when I take away Gallup, or when I when I make you have to make a play under pressure? Where are you going to go with the ball? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to make good decisions? Are you going to make rush decisions? Are you just a lucky guy? All those kind of things, They're just there's really, really just now enough tape for teams to start diagnosing that. Because anybody can have one or two good games. I mean, if you, think, if you look back at Davis Mills, the last four games of last year, he was second amongst, I think, all quarterbacks or all rookies, whatever it was, for like all the relevant passing data. And everyone was like, this guy is trending upwards in a great way. Next year is going to be amazing for him. Enter next year, and he is trending downward and trending hard downward. So the data, like just having a couple good games isn't enough. It's, it's about being able to survive once people have the tape on you. Well, and so I think that's I think that's the bigger issue for Cooper Rush is what's going to happen over the next, if they are starting him, what's going to happen over the next four to six weeks? Well, let's put it this way. is If we're saying that Cooper Rush is a good, a, a sound quarterback, not even a good quarterback, just a solid NFL quarterback who's not going to no. get you in too much trouble. No, I would say that he – I would say he's fundamentally sound, which is kind of what the graveyard of the NFL is littered with. But might uh, be if enough you, for regular season – I'm not saying the Dallas Cowboys are winning. Well, but as know. far as winning regular season games on a, a roster that has a lot of talent, I think Cooper Rush Maybe. is probably like what? A low-end Andy Dalton? And Dak Prescott at his best. Is he a high-end Andy Dalton? 
Like, like, why do they have to be Andy Dalton? That's not very good either. I'm just, uh, you could plug in any <laughs> plug in any quarterback that has success on talented rosters in the regular season and does not do anything in the postseason. You could put Kirk Cousins into this this mix. I'm just thinking of quarterbacks who, yeah. on great rosters, find regular season wins but can't do it in the playoffs because they can't elevate their roster. And well, I that's Dak, that's. I think we have enough on Dak to say he might be in that range. And so, oh, for sure. So with that in mind, knowing the roster is built to elevate a quarterback that probably can't elevate the roster, can Cooper Rush is, – is there a huge difference between Cooper Rush trying to beat the Texans and Dak Prescott trying to beat the Texans? I don't think so. And, and I think that Cooper Rush is in there. He's not forcing stuff. He's not pressing – because I think there's a lot more expectations on Dak Prescott when he takes the field. Plus, he's coming back from injuries. Like you mentioned, they're going to rush him back. I just think if Cooper Rush is starting in this game, I don't think there's a route for the Texans to win it. Because the roster overall is so much more talented for the Cowboys. And it's the same thing you mentioned, the emotions with the Cleveland game. There's, there's going to be a ton of emotions, but that roster is much more talented than the Texans and they also are excellent at running the football and the Texans stink at stopping the run. So I, I don't well, know. I, I get where you're coming I, from with both those, but I, I don't know that the Texans find wins there. Well, here's the thing. The, the Dallas Cowboys defense does this dance every year where they're good and bad in the same year. Uh, if you remember last year, Micah Parsons came on like a hurricane. Like, I mean, he was, he was all over the place the first three weeks of the season. And then I think he was hurt by midseason, and then it was quiet. And I think that's kind of the problem with all these guys is uh, who was the uh, – forever they had a middle linebacker, uh, Kyle Vander, Vander Esch or Vanderbush or Vander something. And every year they signed him like this. Oh, no, uh, Sean Lee maybe? Yeah, Sean Lee. They, they, they still have Vander Esch They signed the him – okay. So they signed Sean Lee to like a six-year extension – $100 million because he was the captain of their defense and the heart and soul of their defense. And every year he would finish the year on the injured reserve list with some sort of career or with season-ending injury, you know, by week six. And that was just the reality is Sean Lee never finished seasons for them. But coming into the, every preseason, they loved what the guy gave them. The, you know, I could, do, I could do 10 hours on the problems with the Cowboys. The problem with the Cowboys is they tend to put together great rosters that then – can't compete when it when it matters most. Even in their own division, which everyone said was up for grabs, they're in second place and they're tied. So it's not a great spot for them to be in. Uh, I I'm not sure. By 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 that point, what is it going to be? Week eleven, week ten, something like that. I don't know what kind of shape they're going to be in, and are they going to be ready to go out there and actually? play good football, even if it's Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott. Because uh, Ezekiel Elliott has been struggling. Pollard's really been the guy saving the run game for them so far. But Pollard's a smaller back. I don't think he's going to be able to go all year like that. And so then the problem is, well, if, 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 if Zeke can't sustain and Pollard does get banged up, now what do you look like? Well, now you look like a team who needs a quarterback. And, I, and you're right about the fact that I don't think either one of those guys is good enough to lead them to wins on their own. 
Uh, the NFL is and the NFL is littered with guys who put together four good games and then never are heard from again. So, I mean, just this year we're seeing the return of Geno Smith and Tyrod Taylor, who now is out with a concussion. There's there's a lot. Brian Hoyer even made an appearance. I mean, there's a lot of guys sneaking back into rosters, sneaking back into the starting spot just to get banged back out of it again because they're not good enough quarterbacks. So let's let's just say maybe they steal one in the that two weird games where it's the Browns and the Cowboys. I, I think I want to win. First... I want to win both of those. I want to win both of them. I want to win both of them because. I want to embarrass Deshaun Watson. I want them to do something for once that stands up for themselves and says, we didn't need you. We we are a football team without you. I hope they have enough pride in themselves to say you were a guy who wanted out and were willing to sit before all the allegations and the mess. And then after all of that, you embarrassed us for two years. And now we're finally done with you and we get to hit you your first game back. I hope they, I hope they wreck that kid so hard. Um... Feels like a and lot then of the winning. Cowboys game, it does. It does feel like a lot of winning. But I want those two games more than I want them to win five games all year. I want to win those two games. I, I don't know, man. That feels like a lot of winning for this Houston Texans team. I will say, I think that their first win comes on November 20th. Book it right now, November 20th, at home. Why you got to do the Washington. commanders like that? I think you think it's the Commanders? I think that's the one. I think they lose to the Giants on the road. Uh, that stretch where they're playing the Eagles, or the Titans, the Eagles, then the Giants, that's a lot of of really good running backs or really great just running schemes against a just horrible run defense. Just a, a horrible okay. run defense. That's a lot of of running backs that I think are going to churn out yards in that three game stretch. But I don't disagree with you, but let me ask you this. The, the giants game, Daniel Jones may be out still. The backup quarterback may not be back yet. They may be on their emergency quarterback in that game. How does that make you feel? I think they pick somebody up. I don't, I, by that, who do you pick up? They just need somebody. They just need somebody to hand off the ball to to Saquon. They just need a body in there to hand the ball off to Saquon. And that's gonna the it's Texans gonna be their emergency have, quarterback. The Texans don't have a guy to stop that. They could pick up Fitzpatrick tomorrow, and all he has to Oof. do is turn and hand Oof. off the ball. Actually, I kind of like their chances with him. He actually isn't a bad quarterback. Uh, not for a couple games. He's one of those guys who every year has four good games. And then he'll go quiet the rest of the year. Um, I My thing with the Giants, I think the Giants are just as gettable as the Commanders. I know what you're saying, on the road versus not. And Saquon Barkley's a monster. But considering what came out of this last game, which was they finished the fourth quarter with Daniel Jones standing as a wide receiver in wildcat formations, not moving because he hurt his ankle so bad. But they needed the quarterback to come back on the field uh, for rules reasons, they needed a quarterback on the field. I don't. More, more importantly, I, don't, I, I didn't. They just need him there because the quarterback's the only one that uh, that can get the play. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. For rules reasons, they needed the quarterback yeah, in there. He's the, he's the he's only, only one who. Mike. Yeah, he can only. He's the only one who could deliver the play. They didn't dress a third quarterback. Most teams don't. 
But he went out with the ankle injury. Tyrod Taylor goes out with a concussion. It's, you know, they were a mess. All of a sudden in the fourth quarter, they're running wildcats and jet sweeps and all that through Saquon Barclay, which is great. But how many weeks in a row can you hand it to Saquon 30 times and go carry us? So I do think by the time we get to them, Saquon's going to be a little tired. And maybe if we're lucky... Maybe it's Daniel Jones' like first game back, and he's not quite ready. He's a little rusty. Or maybe he comes back too early, and he re-injures himself, and we get a shot at, you know, I don't I don't even know who they would. I mean, quick. I genuinely. Two, two things. I don't, first of all, the, the Giants, Saquon took over that first game against the Titans just fine. And, and the Titans no, no, don't have I, a I do defense think... either. I think he I think he can, but what I'm saying is by that point we'll be mid season. Can he keep doing it? That's the thing, is like he's back from the ACL and all that, and I do believe he's back, but what is the wear and tear gonna look like on him this year? I I, I don't I don't deny like he's a monster. But can he be a monster all year? Especially when you like next week, there's there, there, the whoever they play next week is not gonna be, not gonna bite on a single pass fake. They might not even cover the receivers the first couple plays just to see what happens. I I just I, I don't like them in that spot. I think it's a bad spot. I think it's a road game that they're set up to fail in. Quick sidebar, quick sidebar. Do you feel worse for anyone like you feel for Tyrod Taylor? This poor guy. This poor guy <laughs> you know, Chris- is legitimately like a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback. Cleveland Browns, he's got a shot. He's got talent around him, got the spots, looking good, gets hurt. Baker comes in. And then he goes over the Chargers, has all the sp- has all the talent, has all the pieces around him, gets the spot, and then the doctor punctures his lung pregame. Loses yeah. it to Justin yeah. Herbert. Then he rolls over and he's got one of the like the five best running backs in the in the league in uh new york behind him he's got a couple of of weapons i mean the giants don't have any receivers necessarily right home about but he's got some pieces you could throw to he gets the shot immediately gets concussed this guy i feel so bad for tyrod taylor i just want uh i want tyrod taylor to get a fair shake without getting injured more than anything else (laughs) So here's my here's my thing. This is what I mean when I say the NFL is littered with guys. I get what you're saying, and it is a, it is kind of a, a sad, silly story. And it's like this guy, you want to be like, oh, this guy never had a chance. But a lot of guys never have a chance. A lot of guys, you know, play their whole careers in in Cleveland and Arizona, and and are never going to be special. Not because they're not talented, but just because their teams suck. Um, a lot of guys are never going to be, you know, a lot of guys are never going to know what it's like to win more than five games a year. You know, a lot of guys are always going to be on the bottom tiers of rosters. Think about the people we're cutting and bringing in right now. They have no hope of ever being picked up by a good team. Because we don't have, we're not cutting quality players. We're getting the third stringers from the good teams, and we're trying to turn those guys into starters because that's where our our roster is at. You know what I mean? So for me, the NFL's this is kind of what I mean. The NFL is littered with these guys who can have three or four or five good games but never get to put it together. And injuries is always a part of that story. You know, think about think of the running backs. Think of the the guys who get the opportunity. What was the name of the South Carolina Gamecocks running back 
who, if anyone could turn pro at any time, he would have been a pro. He would have been a starting running back. Oh yeah, and he three tore years in a row, like three times in college. Well, that's what I'm saying. Marcus Lattimore. Saying Lattimore. Nice, yeah, Lattimore. His it's knee injury such- was so devastating his senior year that like they were like, well, we don't know, we can put this guy back together. And he he got drafted by San Francisco. They gave him an insurance policy. They gave him a shot, but he never he never played, and he wound up retiring after three years of injury reserve list. And it was a guy who. You know, he was almost the running back version of Clowney. But that's what I'm saying, though, is that, like, this is so sad because, like, he actually has shown that he has the talent and he's playing in a position that they literally change everything to to uh, make it so that they're not he's not getting injured and he's still getting injured. It's it's a bummer. I, I feel bad for him. But here's here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. The commanders are going to be the first win. Because you've got you're playing at home, this team their best running back got shot right before the season in a robbery. <laughs> That's their best running back. He was true, true coming back from gunshots. You have a guy in Carson Wentz who desperately, desperately wants to turn the ball over and makes the craziest plays and the weirdest plays and has the weirdest like fumbles and holds the ball way too long. You have a defense. That's not actually that great. They've had moments, but they're not that great like they were a couple of years ago. Uh, and you have an offensive line that's not that good either. So the pressure that you saw early from the Texans is going to be able to f- get home on on Wentz. This is the perfect spot for them to to grab a, a win against a team that literally doesn't want to show up the first three quarters of a game. <laughs> I... I don't disagree with what you're saying that this is this is they're a pretty winnable game. I do I do agree with that. I think if the Texans are going to keep playing teams close and even this Chargers game, they actually in the fourth quarter showed a little bit of life there. Uh, you know, I, I think the game was closer than the ten points kind of imply it was. Um, I think I think there's a couple games before this that are stealable. But I think that the Giants game is probably the first real game that they can quote-unquote where they probably should be even in the betting and should feel like they should win. Them and the Giants, I think, both both of those games. Okay, so you're going but, November 13th as your first your first win. I want a date. I want you to commit to uh, a date. No. Okay, here's what I'm going to do then. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that on the road in Las Vegas, they beat the Raiders. Wow. I'm okay. going to say that. Okay. Weren't convinced by the the stomping they gave the Broncos, huh? <laughs> I man, the Broncos are a mess. You know, I I just I honestly I, I like the Raiders. I agree that the Raiders the Raiders are a good team. That's not where I'm. That's not what's making me feel like this could happen. What's making me feel like this could happen is just that this team. They're going to accidentally win a game. They're going to get out of their own way at least once and accidentally win one of these. And I think the team with the most coaching flaws... Basically, I'm picking, I'm picking against Josh McDaniel. The head coach that I think most likely to just absolutely ruin a fourth quarter for his team against us is Josh McDaniel. Nico, who do you have? First win of the season. I really hope it's the Browns. I hope it's the only game we win, and it's just going to be a shine of respect. <laughs> like, I hope we just crush them out of nowhere, and like everyone's like, ooh. 
All right. Fair that's enough. it. That's all I want us to win. Uh, you know what? That's that's I, fair. I respect the pick. Yeah, I, I I hope. Listen, like I said, if we're oh if we're winless and we get to the Browns Cowboys set and we win those two games, I everyone can keep their job as far as Coach Corey is concerned. Everyone earned their job. They're like, good job, guys. Mills, yeah. you can stay. Mills, Mills, you can stay one more year. I'm going to draft a quarterback, but Mills, you can start the year as the starter next year. All right, let's get to some uh, some NFL some NFL headlines. Before we do that, Corey, let's hear from a few more sponsors. All right, we got two more here for you. It's time to trade in your face mask for masks, load up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone Indoor Paintball has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. Family-friendly, low-impact, they're working on starting up youth leagues. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. If you're checking out their website and signing up online, go ahead and type try the code BATTLEREDSPLAT and you'll get 5% off online at checkout. That's BATTLEREDSPLAT for 5% online, for 5% off on the online checkout. Also, make sure to go to the Adventure Begins Comics Games and more, the Adventure Stadium, right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130 in Conroe, the Marcel Town Center. The Adventure Begins Comics Games and more is clean, family-friendly, well-lit, great staff. Nico and I both go and spend way too much money there. Those are our guys. They help get our nerd fix going on through the weeks. And more importantly, they've got now the Adventure Stadium on the second floor where they sell sports memorabilia and sports goods. And you guys need to go check them out immediately go stop by buy all your trading card needs panini upper deck tops all that stuff get it right there at the adventure begins stadium at 525 woodland square boulevard suite 130 the second floor of the marcel town center the adventure begins stadium so i have two nfl headlines Corey. i don't know what you have uh, on your in your hopper but both of them really don't have much to do with football other than the fact that they happen on football fields. What, what, okay. what do you have for NFL right. headlines? Uh, I, the, to me, we talked about it a, a kind of in-depth yesterday. The Tua saga, I think, is going to expand into a league-wide issue. I think that's going to wind up being their biggest problem and their biggest story is the fact that we're going to find out that these concussion protocol doctors aren't doing their job. We're going to find out these neuroscientists aren't doing their job on the sidelines, these independent neurologists. We're going to find out that the teams are ducking the rules. We're going to find out that the players are ducking the rules. We're going to find out that the spotters aren't doing their job. We're going to find out all of this through over the next several weeks coming into the offseason. The Players Association is going to make a huge stink about it, I suspect. Uh, Cameron Brait, the news came out that uh, the Tampa Bay coach said, well, no one paged down and said that he should be in concussion protocols, so we didn't do it. He said his shoulder was bothering him, so we didn't report him to the neurologist either. Players know how to get around this stuff. It's the job of everyone else to catch the players on this. This is never going to, this is never going to get fixed because at the end of the day, the players don't want to come out. Well, it's going to get fixed because the older players, the veterans, are going to fix it. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be the seven, eight-year, nine-year guys who tell the rookie and first-year guys, only in negotiation, though, not in practice, that, like, hey, we're going to give them as much power as they want to, to keep us off the field when it matters. 
Uh, now it's up to the league to do that, but the league isn't doesn't want to take these guys out. They don't want to take out Cameron Brake. Tom Brady needs all the help he can get right now. They don't want Tom Brady to look bad. They don't want Tua to come out and look bad. So when Tua says, "No, no, it's just my neck and my back," I know I looked like a like a fool out there with the like a like a puppet, a marionette with the strings cut, and I fell down as soon as I stood up, and I looked wobbly on my feet. But it's just my neck and my back. And the neuroscientist says, oh, okay, well, it's his neck and his back. It's not his head. Then I guess we should send him back out there. We need to be – the players need to know that they can't lie their way out of it. Uh, Cameron Brait was complaining about stuff, and when they went to try and interview him to find out if it wasn't just his shoulder, he said, I'm fine. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. That can't be how they evaluate people's medical needs. There's got to be a better way. Well, I was talking well, – well, first of all – Two things on this. First, I was talking with somebody, and I thought, what if they just grabbed like an like an ER doctor or just somebody from a local hospital? Like you don't have them pre-selected. You just like an hour before kickoff, go to a local hospital, work with them, and grab uh, some sort of emergency specialist and have them just on the sideline, just patrolling the sideline. Because I guarantee you somebody like that who's taken oaths and doesn't want to lose their license – uh, because in some states you can't, that, that's like a thing. If you're there on scene, a, able-bodied and able to help and you don't assist, like you can lose your licensing. I, uh, what if that person is just patrolling the sideline? Cause I guarantee they would have, they would have pulled to a right away. First off. My second thing is I was listening to, uh, an NFL podcast. I, uh, or just a sports podcast, Ryan Rosillo's podcast. And he was talking with Danny Amendola. And Danny Amendola told this story about playing with Julian Edelman and how they had a deal worked out where every time one of them would take a big hit, the other would rush up to them right away and hold them up under the shoulder, uh, under the armpit. And it would look like they're celebrating like a big catch, but it was really after a big hit away for the other one to, to let the guy catch his breath. And kind of under the radar after a really big hit. That's the kind of stuff where it's like players. I know it's their it's their their own competitiveness working against them, but players don't want to leave games. They just don't. if they can walk, players don't want to leave games, and that's the hardest part about that is you're fighting somebody who players are like, yeah, they need player safety. Of course, they need player safety. They're gonna say that, uh, and that's even gonna make sense off the field. But when they're on the field, they're not gonna leave the game if they're physically able. To play and that's the hardest part about this no and, and you're right and that is the problem the players need to get over themselves to get out of the and they're never going to so they anything they do is gonna the it's gonna it can't include the, this is what's gonna be weird about it anything they do is gonna require the players agreement but won't involve the players in the solution because the players are gonna sneak and lie their way around it because their livelihood is on the line they don't want to be deemed as the concussion guy. They don't want to be deemed as being unable to stay on the field. And they don't want to come out of important games because they believe they're the reason they're winning. They're, they're athletes. They're competitive. So anything they come up with, the players have to agree to it and know it's in their best interest. But it has to be something that they have zero control over well, because of that reason. This Now, the doctor on the sideline thing, that was supposed to be the point of these independent neurologists is that the NFL goes in and – Hire separately, not with the team, but separately, these these neurologists, licensed doctors who practice neurology medicine, 
and the, the league is supposed to be responsible for them, not the teams. The problem is these guys aren't doing uh, their job. And that's, I mean, they fired the guy in Miami already. So there, there's no there's no doubt that he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. The issue is how many others aren't, and it seems like a lot of them aren't. And this leads into my, my first NFL headline that does not have to do with actual football. Would you put J.J. Watt under this category of we should be more upset that he was playing right away, like we're upset about Tua? The dude's heart was literally shocked back to life, and he was playing Sunday. Does that seem? Yeah, I, I think that's crazy. Is that in the I same think it's out of, for you. Yeah, I don't think I think if we're having a conversation about player safety and a man is shocked back to life on a Wednesday, he probably doesn't play football on a Sunday in a perfect world. That I don't. A, I mean, I don't. That was packaged as a feel-good story, and I was sitting there. Going, you know, this, was it? this actually might not be a feel good story. This might be a huge oversight. Yeah, it's definitely an issue. For sure it is. And he was trying, he got mad about it. He got mad with the public that the story was going to leak. He was like, someone's leaking private da- information and data. Here's my thing. I want to be really clear about that. I love J.J. Watt. I think he is a folk hero in the making here in Houston. It's pretty obvious to me that the reason he was mad that story came out was because it makes him look reckless and irresponsible and a little crazy. Uh, If you're jolting someone's heart back into a proper rhythm, they have a heart issue. Uh, It might be a common one, but they clearly have some sort of issue with their heart, and therefore it should be investigated and checked out. He should not be playing a high-contact, brutal, high-aerobic sport three days later. As a matter of fact, a doctor probably would tell you, hey, take it easy, rest for a couple of weeks, let's get this thing figured out. So the reason he was mad, the reason he was, I can't believe someone's leaking this to the media and to the public, is because it makes him look bad. And it makes him look bad because it makes him look wildly irresponsible. And at his presser where he's having this weird breakdown, it is an emotional thing and there is a lot going on. And he's like, we've been looking at ultrasounds of a baby boy, and then all of a sudden we're looking at ultrasounds of my heart. And he starts kind of crying a little bit, and someone was like, "Did you think of not playing this week?" And he kind of he was like, "Yeah, I did," but clearly not very long and not very hard. Uh, I mean, and let's be and let's be very honest. It's in some way, I, I suppose, it is inspirational that he played, but he's not a firefighter. He's not a doctor at like a, in a war zone. We don't need JJ Watt to play this game. Like he can he can hang it up and be like, "I've got a scary hard thing going on. I can't play this year." I don't. I, I'm not sure I understand necessarily why he is playing. No, no, that's why I brought it up. Felt felt weird. My my second headline. My second headline before we head out and get to picks here, just real quick. Bobby Wagner decking the. I don't know if it was a protest or if it was a general. He's some kind of protester. On, yeah. On the field. No, no. It's a. He was a, he was a protester of something. I don't know what the pink smoke is, but they've been showing up at a couple games. Maybe and they've been getting Maybe decked by security. What I'm saying is, I loved this. I think we should normalize letting the players absolutely deck people who take the field <laughs> because it's annoying. It's dumb. Anytime you're taking the field, I don't care what it's for. If you're taking the field and you're not supposed to be there, like this guy obviously wasn't, I think it's stupid. And I think we should normalize letting a linebacker just, you know, laying into him. <laughs> what we need is we need, do you remember the office linebacker, Terry Tate? The, yes. Those commercials? Yes. Yes. 
Where where is where is Terry Tate, the crowd control linebacker? Uh, now there have been a couple times. James Harrison just kind of patrolling. Oh my god, nobody more scary than James Harrison. Now we've had a couple guys in football gear before. Deck some dudes, college and pro, and Canadian, I think too. The other sports they tend not to do it. They're wearing a lot less padding, so I understand why. In baseball, you kind of watch the players kind of laugh about it. Soccer has become a big deal because a lot of times kids get on the field because they want to hug like a Ronaldo type and take a selfie with him or something. I you don't want to be too encouraging of violence on on idiots because it can get out of hand. Like someone Wagner could have really hurt this guy. And while you don't have a lot of sympathy for guys who run on the field, you don't want to see nobody. You don't want eighty thousand people there when you accidentally murder someone. That would be a bad look too. Uh, so. I think it's a fine line, but it was definitely a great little clip. If you don't want, if you don't want to get burned, get out of the kitchen. If you don't want to get hit no. by a football player, don't go on a football field. Uh, I'm fine. And, and I agree with you there. I, I agree with you there. I think it's just at the end of the, after they get on the field and everything's said and done, you, Bobby Wagner is going to be a way bigger guy than most people who run on the field. So when he hits, is he going to hit a woman? Like, it's going to be a weird look. and He'll be right to do it, but it'll be odd that he does it. it like, it's a, it's you're getting into muddy waters pretty quick. It's a great clip, though. It is a great clip. All right, we got we to gotta wrap things up here. But before we go, I want to make, because I'm going on the hiatus. I'm going away, getting some R&R. This is not my full-time, okay. guy, full-time job, guys. I have other work that I do. That's what I'm getting away from. I, I love hanging out with Corey and Nico every week, so I'm gonna miss you guys. Aww. But I want to make I want to make some picks. Uh, so real quickly, Jaguars are favored at home by seven, is what I'm seeing according to Caesar Sportsbook. Seven points for the Jags. They're favored, and forty-four and a half is the over/under. I. Ooh. Forty-four and a half gets me. That's a tough number. I uh, so I was thinking about this. I, I looked this up yesterday. I was thinking about it a little bit today, knowing that I was going to make the pick, uh, the picks today. I, if this was a week ago, it was a lot easier seeing the Jaguars implode against the Eagles, who are a very, very good team. Uh, maybe shook that a little bit. So I'm taking I'm taking the Texans by plus seven. I know that they just got blown out by the Chargers. Uh, go ahead and listen to last week's episodes because you'll hear I was confident the Chargers coming back strong. I I think that the Texans I think that they're gonna get a few turnovers against this team. They're gonna get some more opportunities, some extra possessions against this Jaguars team, and. I think they can keep it a little closer. I think this is probably more like a field goal game. So I'm going to take the plus seven and I'm taking the over. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, now I don't have to make my pick yet, but I, I will make any picks. That's just, that is what it is. You can react I, if you want, but that that's my picks. Uh, I, I think my problem, you said you're taking the over on the 44 and a half. I'm taking the over. I I think we're through. It's just a lot of the, points is my problem. It's a lot of points. Watching the t- the Texans against the 
a functioning offense. And I get that the Jaguars have their problems, but they they have talent on their offense. I think that we've moved out of the portion of the season where we can fool ourselves into thinking that groups on this. I think the Texans have good players. I don't think they have good position groups. I'd agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I there think too that, many holes. Exactly. And I think that the stuff like the, the wonky stuff that you see, like the red zone stat that we talked about top five in red zone percentage for their defense. I think some of that stuff is about to balance out. And so I think some of these overs are really going to start hitting. My thing is, while the Texans have shown that they can score to catch up to you, they've never done anything to make me believe they're going to score to take a lead. Um, so, I, I, you know, if the Jaguars don't score a lot of points, I could see the Texans staying close without also scoring a lot of points. That's my problem with the 44.5 is we could win a 17-14 game and we're not, we're not even sniffing 40. That's true, but they could also... They could also, could you see them being in a 27-24 game? Oh, I don't know. Pretty plausible, uh, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't, I. <sighs> you have a long touchdown to Cooks. You have a screen for yeah. James Robinson that goes 30 yards to the house. Uh, you have. Uh, I think the Jaguars could score their Kirk. part. All of a sudden, you're 20 points, 21 points right there. Uh there's a, a fumble that gives one team a close shot at the end zone. I mean, I just think there's going to be opportunities to score. Uh, I'm not. I mean, both these teams. I think I think the Jaguars opportunities up, and I think the Jaguars could easily put up between twenty and twenty-seven. I do think that it's it's where will the Texans stop matching them is the problem. Uh, if it's twenty-seven twenty, then yeah, you hit your over. But if it's twenty-seven seventeen. Uh, you, 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 you missed the push. So that's, that's the problem. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking that I think that the, I think that when you're playing some of these better offenses, like the giants, the giants is going to be a great under bet. The commanders is going to be a great under bet. But when you're playing some of these better teams, I think that those overs are going to start hitting. I think that the, the Texans and how their offense looks, is going to maybe match some of these these good not great teams like the Chargers, like the Jaguars. I guess I guess we'll have to see because I feel like where Jacksonville's talent is currently positioned is on the defensive side of the ball. So that's why I'm a little more inclined to think if we do cover, it's a lower scoring affair. Um, but I mean, you never. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I I, I still have another day or two to think about it. Um. But the over is a scarier bet for me. I can see the Texans covering. It's the over that I'm having a hard time with. But I still have time to think about it. Well, there you go. There's my picks. Thank you so much for listening. And Corey will be back with Nico later this week to get you more content and get you ready for week five. Again, if you are listening on any platform you can find a podcast, make sure that you are subscribing, following to keep getting the latest on the Houston Texans. Also, go ahead and check out the Battle Red blog. Again, thanks for tuning in. I'm Colt Molesky. He's Corey DLG and producer Nico. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, guys.